Welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Right here each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your life. Let this podcast be your occasion to contemplate some of the deepest things in life, just as I hope it helps faith come alive for you. Every day we receive countless gifts that we don't even realize have come our way. And they come to us without any significant effort on our part, if any effort at all. Serendipitous gifts fall into your lap and mine 
on a continual basis, little graces that make life oh so good. Among those daily gifts that we fail to recognize or forget to acknowledge how important they are to our identity are the gifts of pardon and forgiveness that we receive from God. You and I do all kinds of cruel or at least thoughtless things in a daily kind of way. No, few of them are anything major. But still, to live in the confidence and with the peace of mind that, hey, these are forgiven by God, and isn't that something? I mean, this there's something internally liberating if you don't have to live the wrongs or live the resentments or live the neglects or the mistakes or the sins of yesterday. And yet, that is the promise of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, what I want to talk about today is what that pardon or forgiveness that we receive from God should inspire in us. If we can be so comprehensively pardoned, maybe we need to think of behaving more generously with our pardons toward others. I'm not talking about behaving naively here with murderers and rapists, but I do want you to think of people who cannot get a break in life because of a system of injustice in which they're locked, a system that has no great mechanism for pardon, especially, as I'll talk about, with respect to a pardon from economic debt. But before turning to that reflection of mine, hear Jesus now talk about the overflowing nature of God's grace, including the gift of pardon or forgiveness. So reading of a couple of verses from Luke, the sixth chapter, beginning at the 37th verse. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. He says, do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, this will be put into your lap, for the measure you give will be the measure you get back. So take a listen now to some words about the gift of a really generous pardon and what it might mean in your life to use your Christian faith and this gift of forgiveness that you have received for the sake of others. So if you've had a dull weekend, here's a, an amazing story for you. Nick Burchill is a resident of Halifax, Nova Scotia. And 20 years ago, he was attending a conference in Victoria, British Columbia for the new company that he was an employee of. He was going to meet some buddies out there and meet other people in the company at the very famous uh, Empress Hotel. Perhaps some of you have uh, stayed or seen the Empress Hotel there uh, at some point in your life. Well, what Nick was going to do, he was going to spend some time with some Naval Reserve buddies from the Canadian uh, Naval Reserves, and he promised to bring them a local delicacy. This is something that was dear and near to many of them. It's obtainable in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Chris Brothers TNT Pepperoni, which in 
um, Nick Burchill's words is as hot as the words TNT would suggest. Well, since there was a potentially going to be a lot of guys, he filled an entire suitcase with this pepperoni stuff. It got lost in transit. It came a day late. And when he was staying at the Empress Hotel, the suitcase uh, arrived. He said, I brought enough for a whole ship, actually. He checked into his room on the fourth floor of the Empress there. There wasn't a fridge. He was a little concerned about the quality of the meat. So this was in April, chilly weather up there north of Seattle. He opened some of the windows uh, just a bit. And it was about four hours before his dinner, so he went for a walk. Well, when he returned to the hotel, he walked down that long hallway, he unlocked his room, and inside were all of these seagulls. <laughs> he said, I didn't count them, but there had to be 40 seagulls in the room. The ghost had been eating the pepperoni, he says, for a long time. <laughs> the room was covered in seagull crap. <laughs> and as he writes, in case you're wondering, the brother's TNT pepperoni does nasty things to a seagull's digestive system. <laughs> he also discovered that seagulls drool. Well, as he tells the story, you know, of walking to this room, the birds went crazy when he opened the door, and they started flying everywhere with this sort of tornado of excrement on the bedspread and on the curtains and everywhere else. So he opened the remaining windows in the room and opened them wide uh, for the gulls to leave as quickly as possible. A couple of them didn't leave. One of them he threw a shoe at, and the shoe and the gull went out the window together. There was one Big goal left, and he didn't want to leave. So Burchill concocts this idea, I'll wrap him in a towel. And he goes in the bathroom and he wraps this seagull in a towel. When he discovers it can't fly if it's in a towel, so he throws the towel and the seagull out the window. Well, if you know anything about the Empress Hotel, at 4 o'clock every afternoon they have high tea and you have to pay and get reservation tickets to get, high, to, to get high tea there at the Empress. And that towel and that seagull landed on somebody outside there on the deck during high tea. Nick went to recover his shoe and to fetch the towel as well, which he found both of. His shoe was wet and muddy. He brought it upstairs. He uh, rinsed it out in the sink and rubbed it off with some towel and it was dark and wet, and the other shoe was light and dry, so he put a hair dryer into his shoe, which was fine, except the phone rang in the other room, so he went to get the phone, and the vibration of the hair dryer dropped it into the sink of water, and it killed the power. So he called for help from the front desk, and he said he needed a housekeeper. When the housekeeper looked into the room, he said, quote, I had no idea what to say to her. So I just said, I'm very, very sorry. And then he writes, I'll never forget the look on her face. He went to dinner. Uh, they moved his stuff to another smaller room during that process. Um, evidently, the conference went on. He stayed. And once he arrived back home in Nova Scotia, there was a letter waiting for him. 
from the Empress Hotel that had banned him from life for ever setting foot <laughs> in the place again. Well, fast forward 18 years. He's heading back to British Columbia, and he thinks, maybe I could stay in this hotel if I write for an apology. So he writes to the management there. He tells them the whole story step by step. He says, you know, I've respected your band for 18 years now. I have matured a great deal. I admit responsibility for my actions. And I come to apologize to you for the damage I caused. And I would ask that you consider lifting my lifetime ban from the property. Quote, I hope that you will see fit to grant me a pardon. The hotel actually obliged. So he went out there, he stayed at the Empress, he met with the management. Uh, most of them weren't there 18 years earlier, but they had a great laugh. They welcomed him back warmly, and he had a pleasant stay. They just said, don't ever bring any pepperoni into the building. You know, I don't know what Nick Burchill learned from that whole experience or took away from that very, very generous pardon on the hotel's part. But I do know what our takeaway should be as Christian people were we in that situation of receiving that pardon. Time and time again in Scripture, we are taught that there's a link between the forgiveness or the pardon that God gives to us and what we are expected to be for and with other people when it comes to forgiveness. Every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins or pardon our sins as we pardon those who offend us. Or as Jesus says today in the Scriptures, give and it will be given to you. Forgive and you will be forgiven to receive the gift of forgiveness or pardon at any point in your life, from any experience, any event, and a pardon of any size for the most minor or the most major thing should prompt us automatically to develop a kind of mindset of forgiveness. It ought to inspire in us to adopt a kind of posture of really generous pardon when it comes to other people who bother or offend us. In other words, just to recognize how readily God reaches out beyond our deeds and how God looks beyond consequences to give us the second chance, to give us a new lease on life, to, 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 to give us a future, actually. Scripture pounds this idea into us that God makes this fresh reach into our lives and God generates a new future for us from which we're supposed to become new people. We're supposed to behave in a different way because of that gift. And once you're forgiven, once you're pardoned, you don't just run with that gift in delight. You absorb it into yourself. And you and I absorb it into ourselves ideally in such a way that it changes us. It changes who we are, it changes how we look at the world, and it certainly changes how we treat other people. Ideally, this happened with Nick Burchill and the pardon he received from the Empress Hotel. I don't have any idea, and I don't really worry about that. My attention, my focus is on us. 
if we take seriously the Lord's mercy upon us, or as the prophet Isaiah says, this Lord who abundantly pardons every single day in, in the fashion of gift, if we take seriously the Lord moving beyond our deeds, you know, giving us that second chance, reaching with compassion into our lives, we have to ask, what are we going to do or be because of that? When you and I are given so many gifts in our lives, divine gifts, why are we so stingy in doling them out? So frugal in our pardoning of others? So hesitant to forgive others who lack the basics of what we have. So cautious, you know, and sometimes liberating others who are stuck in their situation. The sixth chapter of Luke's Gospel. Generosity begets generosity. You give away your life, you'll find it's given back to you. There's more in your lap, folks, than you ever envisioned, Jesus says. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing from your lap. This is the grace of God. And he says, don't judge and you won't be judged. Don't condemn, you won't be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. For your life is so blessed, why can't you be a blessing to others? Well, there's something I want to turn to in this little message on pardon and forgiveness. It's something in society where I think Christian people ought to be stepping up probably more than we are taking the lead. And it has to do with us adopting a more generous spirit of pardon and forgiveness. I don't know if you are aware of how many municipalities in this country and how many states fund their criminal justice system, their courts, their police departments through fees, and fines and surcharges that are placed on Americans very often at the bottom of the income scale, the poor. Most Americans are just totally unaware, I was till a couple years ago, of these punitive user fees that we use to fund many court systems and police departments in this country. Millions of Americans owe tens of billions of dollars in unpaid court debt. And 85% of all inmates in jail today, they have a significant debt upon leaving jail. Almost every interaction with the criminal justice system comes with a financial cost, is what I'm trying to say. Because we don't use other taxation to, for, to, to fund many of the court and criminal system. So if you're assigned to a pretrial program, you have to pay a fee to go to the classes. If you're on probation, you have to pay a fee for the urine test. If you appear in drug court, there's more fees. Even if you haven't broken the law, you still have to pay fees to obtain a public record. It's kind of a trap. It's, 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 it works on itself. So just when you get this parking infraction or a series of traffic tickets or you don't show up for a court case, the fees just keep piling up to the point you can't, you can't pay off your debt. You might try to sell your car, but then you have no way to get to work, so you lose your job. In North Carolina, you, you pay 70 bucks a day just to be in jail, whether you're guilty or not. There's a $600 lab fee if there's forensic needs. There's, you have to pay five, 600 bucks if there's an expert witness to testify. 
You're often billed for having a public defender, or you, you have to pay for your probation supervisor, or that thing that the court orders you to put around your ankle. I mean, be like the fire department funded by everybody whose house burns, you have to pay for the fire department to run. They're punitive user fees that they, they just create these economic prisons of debt that most of us aren't even aware of, you know? And we're burying people because we've put so many poor people in jail they can't pay the debt. And they're in jail sometimes because of the debt. And then there's the 12% interest fee and then if there's a collection agency, the fees just keep growing. It's debtor's prison. You either pay your bail, you pay your debt, or you get locked up. It's all kind of crazy. I mean, it really is. It's cyclical. And we've got to figure out a way to pardon people from some of these these debts that don't make any sense. We're not talking about murders and rapists here. We're talking about everyday things. In the 1820s and 30s, the United States, we were the first major nation in the world to get rid of debt prisons. We embraced this notion of fresh starts. This is America, the place you know for second chance. That's what they believed would make for a productive society where all could work. Every country in Europe at that time in the early 19th century, except for Portugal, threw people into jail if they owed a debt. Not the U.S., but that's changed. So it's going to take a lot, obviously, to change a system of this debt prison stuff where fees are assessed, you know, to raise revenue. When there's other ways to fund a criminal system, a prison system, a police department. And who better? Who better to raise a stink or to at least advocate than Christian people? Because we know what it means to be pardoned. We know what it means to be forgiven, even when we don't deserve it. If anybody ought to understand this notion of the second chance, the fresh start, it ought to be us. Even for minor wrongs, we know what it means to be pardoned and how awesome it is. We get it, or we should get it. Forgive because you've been forgiven. Give because you've been given unto. The Lord's grace has been given unto us in ample measure. Pressed down, says Jesus. Shaken together. Running over your lap. There's so much of it. And even without our own confession of sin, even without appealing for a pardon, we're gifted with it. So may we be, as Christian people, somewhere on the spectrum of being more generous with our own spirit of pardon for those who need it the most. Amen.
join me in prayer as we say together, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you with the gift of charity and pardon for other people, just as you have been so richly blessed yourself by God. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.